I am joined today by Austin Boyd. Austin comes to us uh, from Washington, Indiana, where he's part of uh, the third generation, I guess, of Boyd and Sons, fourth generation of the farming family, um, and then also a, a, the most recent uh, member of Green Street Tractor Pulling Team. Thank you very much for joining us, Austin. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Austin, um, you know, you've, you've just shared with me that you kind of just returned from college, finished off your years up at Purdue, correct? Yeah, that's correct. I graduated in December. Yeah, and now, so now you come back, uh, started working here at the family operation, and kind of just tell us what you're doing on a daily basis and, and what that's all about for you. Uh, yeah, of course. we got a couple of different entities here, but since uh, since graduating college in December and really even before that, the last year and a half, my uh, primary focus has been over at our machinery company. And uh, we've just recently added a Bobcat dealership to the mix over there. So uh, the Bobcat dealership has really been my uh, main focus as well as the machinery company. Nice. And so how long has the Bobcat dealership been part of Boyd & Sons? So we were approached about the Bobcat dealership in um, the early spring or late spring, early summer of 2019. So it was something uh, unique that I was actually able to go through a lot of processes. Uh, Dad and Grandpa were really good about letting me be very involved with. And, um, you know, we officially got our dealership number in late November. But, you know, I was kind of telling everybody the Bobcat dealership started January 1 of 2020. Nice. And since then, you've been involved in it. And, and what are kind of some of the challenges and excitements that you that you see at the Bobcat dealership? Absolutely. And, you know, some of the challenges, I think, uh, with anything in today's world, one of the biggest challenges we're having is just getting the equipment. Um, you know, with this whole this whole COVID deal and supply chain shortages, you know, getting equipment has been a really big struggle. You know, you go to sell somebody a piece of equipment when I'm no different. I buy something. I want it now. You know, Kit and I talked about that a little bit earlier. And the guy wants to buy his machine and he's got to eight, wait eight weeks. Well, that's not too exciting for him. And it's not a good position for the end user to be in or the dealership alike. Right. And um, it is a it is a global issue and we're all sorting through it. But it definitely kind of it aggravates everybody at all the levels. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, fortunately, fortunately, like you said, it is a worldwide issue and and all our competitors are going through the same thing. It's just uh, kind of the times we're living in today. Absolutely. So you focus a lot of your time over at the Bobcat dealership, but uh, you also have a little bit of interest in the family farm, too, correct? Absolutely. You know, I've been uh, I've been involved in the family farm for as old as I can remember, whether it was riding with grandpa on the combine or dad in the corn planter or uh, running equipment myself. You know, when it's when it's time to farm around here, it's a uh, it's a full force effort. You know, dad, grandpa and I and all the help. And when it's farming time, it's farming time. It's kind of number one priority. Right. And so on the farm, um, have you have you noticed some changes over the years, you know, with technology and all that, obviously, but now coming in and, and kind of coming back from college and being part of the family operation, you probably are the one that gets looked at as maybe the one that's a little bit more of the technology guru, right? And and you see the struggles through the three generations, I'd imagine. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh I feel like I'm always the first call, you know, technology questions from grandma, grandpa, or anybody in the, the older generation, you know, they kind of expect the younger you are, the more you're supposed to know about the technology. And it's been, uh, it's been kind of neat. It's crazy just to see how much it's grown in my, you know, five, 10, 15 years of involvement with the farm, let alone my grandpa's over 50 years. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, hopefully products like ours are, are making things more efficient and, and easier for you guys to farm and be able to maybe do some other things while, while getting the farming in the ground or, or off the ground, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the more precision technology you can integrate into something, I think that's uh, one of the things my grandpa's preached to me since I was old enough to walk was efficiency. And the more efficient you can make technology, the better off everybody's going to be. Right. So, you know, you, your days are pretty full here, but but on the weekends, you find yourself most likely uh, in the summertime in a semi, going up and down the highways here and pulling a pulling a tractor to the next uh, to the next meet. So, what's that mean to be involved in Green Streak? Absolutely, you know, tractor pulling something that 
that I have, you know, loved ever since I was a kid, uh, you know, playing tractor pulls with toy tractors on the floor or watching on the videos with my grandpa. It's uh, just been something really unique. I mean, one of the things I love about it, you know, sure, the pulling part's fun, but just the people that you meet. I always tell everybody you could uh, take me anywhere in the Midwest, east of, you know, draw a line north and south of Nebraska and drop me anywhere east of there. I can pull out a contact in my phone within 100 miles to help me. I mean, the the people you meet there, it, it's, um, you know, that's one of the things I enjoy the most about it. Right. And so you do enjoy getting in the seat and doing a couple of pulls yourself, right? And uh, what does that mean on, on, on a weekend when you get to, you get to be a, you know, in the seat and, and pulling? Is it uh, still a rush for you, obviously? No, absolutely. It's a huge rush. You know, it's something that I've always grown up watching my dad and grandpa do and dreamed of doing myself. And that dream's kind of become a reality. Right. And do you have, you have a couple brothers, right? I do. I have two younger brothers. And are they involved at all in the... Uh, my middle brother's not very involved in the pulling deal. He's uh, he's much more of a sports guy, big basketball guy, plays a lot of golf. Okay. Um, my youngest brother is a pretty good mix of Alex and I. He goes some. He plays a lot of basketball during the summer as well. Though. Gotcha. Nice. So, yeah, you know, busy times, obviously. But what's it mean to be the third generation of Boyd and Sons? Like, what, what's it like, you know, working for dad every day is one thing. But, you know, being part of the business with them and, and, and seeing the vision that grandpa set out is got to be something special. No, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the most unique aspects growing up is you, know, you listen to everybody throughout grade school and you get into middle school and high school and you go to college and talks start getting more intensive. What do you want to do? You know, I've been fortunate enough ever since I was old enough to walk that I knew what I wanted to do. You know, I think I think part of that's being an oldest child. I was able to. And with that, having dad and grandpa having the business ever since I was old enough to walk, I wanted to go to work with dad. And, um, you know, I think a lot of my classmates grew up dreaming of being Michael Jordan or or um, Peyton Manning. And, yeah. You know, I grew up wanting to be like my dad and grandpa. And they've uh, afforded me a lot of opportunities to do things from a young age and be very involved and not uh, not necessarily hide anything from me. That right. They've um, included me in a lot of conversations and taught me a lot from a really young age. And and so, you know, as, as grandpa's still here every single day, um, is there still things that you're obviously learning from him, right? And, and he's obviously willing to help you out. He seems like a... He's very passionate about the business, but as we found out here in our previous discussion, he's a very passionate man. Steve is, is very uh, concerned about what his what his family is going to look like in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and make sure that they're afforded all the opportunities. So that's going to be something special for you. No, absolutely. Uh, Grandpa is a wealth of knowledge, and he has, uh, you know, from a very young age, he's he's taught us different life lessons that just stick out in your head. And uh, he's um, he's been through a lot in his years, and he's somebody that... Uh, you know, there's a lot, not a lot he hasn't been through. So if I have a question about here or there, I can go to him and uh, he's been able to teach me a lot. So on a Friday night, you're sitting at an event and, and you kind of just sitting out by the haulers there. Um, what what do you do? You sit there and you visit with, with dad and grandpa and you tell stories or what goes on? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think, I think another one of the things that I love about tractor pulling is there's not, uh, there's, I guess that's motorsports in general. There's not many, many things in life that, you know, I can go to on a Friday evening and be teammates with my grandfather and also compete with him you know there's yeah. there's 50 years of age difference between us but we can run in the same class and compete with each other and help one another and right. just the whole family aspect of you know we travel here next week we're going to go to north carolina and we have 600 miles on the road well, that's a lot of time to you know spend with each other and learn and talk about things and right. then of course you know closer to pool time you get the focus comes in on the tractor pull ahead but uh 
you know, a lot of that time during the day is full of stories and life lessons and just what's going on. It's a good time for all of us to get together and catch up on what's going on in different facets of the business. Give us a, a favorite story that you have of let's, uh, let's go with your grandpa first. What's your favorite story, whether it's uh, at here home or out on the road or, or something that sticks out for you. Give us, give us something. Hmm. You know, the, I think my favorite, I don't know that I would say it's a favorite story, but the life there's, there's two life lessons that, you know, my grandpa's taught me from a very young age. It just, just really stuck out with me. It's one, it's two things I'll teach my kids, hopefully my grandkids. Um, you know, he's always taught me two things. Number one is, uh, you know, when you, when you have a business and you're managing people, it's like rolling a marble, right. you can roll that marble across the board. And if you put too much pressure on that marble, it's going to shoot out from underneath you. So you can't put too much pressure on your help or your people you're managing. But also if you don't, you don't put enough pressure on that person and guide that marble where you want it to go, well, it'll squirm out from underneath you. And uh, that's one that's always stuck out in my head. And the more involved I get in the business and the more people that, you know, we, we get bringing in on the Bobcat dealership on the machinery side of things, the more just evident and true that story is. And the other life lesson he's taught me that, that I think is just wonderful that will always stick out with me is you have to treat your business like a funnel. You know, you want, uh, you want your revenue coming in. You want that funnel as big as is the top. But if you don't try to squeeze it off on the bottom, nothing will be left in your funnel to go into your tank. So I think those are the, uh, those are the two, you know, you ask for stories. Those are the two life lessons that stick out about uh, grandpa that I'll never forget. Nice. And now do you have a, you know, kind of a couple similar life stories that maybe your dad, Greg is uh, showing you or passed on to you? Yeah. You know, I guess um, the beautiful thing about dad and I is I feel like we are, um, we're very similar and uh, he's, um, he's really kind of, I guess, molded me to think, think in his ways. We're very much um, on the same page in everything we do. Um, I don't know that there's any story, so to speak, that just stands out about him, but I think it's just, um, you know, the one thing, one thing I appreciate the most about my dad and grandpa, but especially my dad is, like I told you earlier, he's, he's afforded me a lot of opportunities and he's allowed me to be in the middle of a lot of opportunities that, you know, there were often times that, you know, my junior, senior high school, and even, even in college that, he would bring me in meetings and let me be involved in discussions that most other people would never think about letting their 18 to 20 year old child be in. And he's always, uh, always afforded me the opportunity to be very involved and I'm forever grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just watching you interact with your dad, you obviously are a lot more than just, uh, you know, your relationship would probably be close to like a true friendship you can see by your interactions. And that's something that's absolutely phenomenal and, and nice to see. And so, um, what would you, what would you say, you know, what would your 10 year old look be for Boyd and Sons and, and everything that that encompasses? You know, obviously, um, my focus has been on the machinery business and on the Bobcat dealership, and that's something we're just getting started. And I can see already that I think um, I think it's going to be a really, really good thing for us. So, you know, I hope to grow the Bobcat dealership, whether it be with additional locations or or what it may be um, in the machinery side of things as well. We have uh, we have our own brand of rubber tracks that we've come out with in the last five to six years. It's really starting to hit the ground running. Um, we have a really good service shop over there that's really started to gain a good reputation. So, you know, I guess my personal outlook on a day-to-day basis is where the machinery business can grow. But also, like we mentioned earlier, I have two younger brothers. One will be a freshman in college uh, this year or this fall at University of Southern Indiana. And then Aiden will be a seventh grader. And, you know, it's not, um, I don't know what they'll do. They might choose to come back in the business. They might not. Um, if they choose to come back in the business, they're obviously going to be welcomed with open arms. And yeah. if not, we'll be their biggest cheerleader. But I, um, 
So yeah, you never know. You never know where the next ten years is going to take you. Yeah, but you you you're pretty firm with your roots here, and you think that you want to you know continue on this uh, this path right now for the for the immediate future. Hey. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything different. Yeah, and, and Green Street Grayson's going nowhere. I, I hope it doesn't go nowhere. I uh, it's um, I, I really enjoy it. It's it's something to uh, something to look forward to, and it's also something to network with. Earlier, like I talked about, so it's uh, it's been a really good thing for us. Do you get over into the shop and play around with the engines and do some dyno testing yourself, or I don't I don't get to spend as much time in the shop as I'd like to, but. Uh, the guys over there are really good about, you know, if we're dying on a motor for ourselves or something that's going to be on a piece that I'm driving or dad or grandpa's driving, we'll get a text message and phone call and I'll slip away from machinery for a little bit to come watch them dine on. Yeah, absolutely. But you'd, you, if you could find a little bit more time to spend some some extra lunch hours in there, you'd be more than happy doing that. Absolutely. I, I'd love to spend as much time as I can in the pull-in shop. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and... Uh, um, another question that I got for you, I guess, is, you know, what is the, the grand plan? Like where for tractor pulling, is it get more tractors? Is all three of you guys racing the same class? Like, is that something you'd like to see happen or? It's, um, you know, we've, uh, we've got a lot right now. We've got the two, the two big tractors and the two mini rods. And it's something that, um, I don't know that we'll ever see all three of us in the same class. Um, you know, it's something we obviously talked about, but, um, you know, right now it's, uh, I guess it's a really cool deal. I, uh, while I love to drive, I also, there's nothing more I love than watching my dad and grandpa succeed. And, and I think my dad kind of has the same aspect of it of he likes, he likes watching myself drive. So maybe he doesn't want to drive as much. Yeah. And, um, so I don't know, we might, um, there might come a time where we have three vehicles in the same class, but we'll see. What's your, what's your favorite class to, to drive in yourself? Um, I, I like, I like the four engine class. Um, the mini rods are, I mean, they're both really fun rides. I won't complain about either one of them, but there's just something about having 10 to 12,000 horsepower hooked up and going that it's a rest you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, no kidding. You were telling me a little bit earlier about a story where you forgot your earplugs and you thought, oh, this is going to be a loud ride. And by the time it was all said and done, you didn't even remember that you were on a on a loud spaceship, basically, right? A- absolutely. You're, uh, you know, I, I pulled out there and I thought, man, this is going to be loud. I won't be able to hear it at the end. And I got to the end. It was like, oh, I never noticed. I was paying attention to so many other things that, you know, the, the loudness I never noticed. So as a, as a, as a young man here, you know, you've only been tractor pulling for a few years now, we'll say, how, how does one hone this craft? How does one, aside from, you know, relying on, on the knowledge, the tribal knowledge that grandpa and dad probably pass on to you, how do you yourself become a better uh, puller? It, uh, it takes a lot of time, a lot of study time. I think that's one thing, you know, the general person doesn't realize about tractor pulling. Uh, you know, obviously I'm fortunate and, and I know I'm biased, but I feel like I have the two best teachers in the world and my dad and grandpa. But, you know, I guess the average person doesn't realize how much study time goes into studying the race pack computers and throttle position and brake sensors. And, you know, going back and comparing that to the video of maybe I should have got on it 10 foot harder or, or should have drove it out 10 foot longer. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of nights, a lot of nights that I get home from, from work at machinery and I'm watching reruns, you know, we're going to Benson, North Carolina this coming weekend. And that's a place we've never pulled before, but another organization's had an event there. And I can't tell you the hours I've spent watching similar classes pull down there and then um, going back and finding, you know, you, you hear through the tractor pulling world, oh, Benson's like a, like another place you've been. So you go back and you watch your reruns from events that are similar to Benson. And, and there's, um, you know, I would, I guess I would say that's the one thing that the average person doesn't realize about tractor pulling is just how much studying there is yeah, to go into so it in addition to all the maintenance work. 
in basketball, you can go outside and you can shoot some hoops or, you know, just about any other sport out there. But for motorsport in general, I guess you could probably say, you know, it's not something that you can just go pull a tractor out of the shop and say, I'm going to, you know, you guys obviously have the ability and the facilities to do, you know, go do some sled pulls or whatever, but it's not something that you're doing every, every afternoon after work. Right. No, absolutely. It's uh it's something that takes, you know, years of experience to master the craft of and um, a lot of study time. Yeah. And so, and, and, and the only way is to continue studying and, and continue to probably collect your own knowledge, however that happens. Right? No, absolutely. Uh, you know, if I've always said, if I don't, if I don't become a better driver every time I go down the track, well, then I'm doing something wrong. You, I always, there's, there's something you can learn from every single time. Absolutely. Like that's just absolutely phenomenal. So, well, I, I wish you the best of luck in the upcoming season. Um, I wish you the best of luck with the uh, machinery side of things and, and hope everything is running there good. And uh, thank you for this opportunity to, to sit down and talk to you. And, and I hope that we can cross paths again. And if I'm fortunate enough, I, I really hope that I can see one of these pulls in, in live person. So I look forward to that. But thank you so, so much, Austin. Awesome. Appreciate you having me.